Hello and welcome back to the Rally Caps On podcast. We hope you get your Rally Caps ready to go. Flip them in, bandito them up, do the shark, do whatever you got to do to get ready for today's podcast. I'm telling you, what a great weekend in college football, NFL, and we're going to talk a little NBA power rankings and just recap this entire weekend in sports. I'll tell you what, I'm my eyes feel like every time I blink, there's like that, like something that wants to like hold them shut, you know, especially after staring at your television for yep. 72 straight hours, uh, watching football, um, basketball, whatever was on. I was like, as soon as one thing would end or a commercial would go, I'd, I had something ready on deck to switch to. It felt good in the moment, but I'm, I'm feeling it right now. What about you? Well, let me just start by saying I think myself and the rest of Rally Caps on Nation really appreciates your your hard work grinding in the trenches. It's not easy, you know, to watch 72 hours straight of sports, but, you know, that's why you're our fearless leader. So we, yeah. we definitely appreciate that. It's got to be done. Someone has to do it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I myself actually had a little bit of uh, adversity to overcome this this weekend. You know, I got the uh, it's always a different level of uh, difficulty with the contacts. You know, am I going to go contacts, glasses? Am I going to get rid of both of them and just sit 20 inches away from the screen the entire time? Had a bit of a tear in the left contact, but, you know, we we're able to <clears throat> go next man up and get get the right guy in play there and uh, seeing out of both eyes after yeah. a, after a long weekend. So I'm thinking sounds like that. sounds like you prepared well by recruiting depth in, in the offseason. You know, you got to stack that drawer full as many of those contacts as you can get. Right. Well, you know, similar to the Alabama wide receiver group, uh, we've we've got a lot of depth. There's a lot of backup contact lenses. So uh, and that's, that's kind of what we saw from Bama receivers. Speaking of. And then you see excellence on the field. It, it translates directly. So we, we're taking Absolutely. one right out of their playbook. Absolutely. So over the weekend, obviously, Bama, Notre Dame, I think we both thought that game was uh, uh, not as close as the score indicated. Uh, what was your big takeaway from uh, Alabama and Notre Dame, too, Willie? Yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't very close, but Notre Dame did do a good job of scoring on those fourth downs that they really needed to. They converted – two fourth downs and the touchdowns that were basically what helped them cover. Otherwise it would have been probably around a 31 to 32 point victory. Like we were originally thinking. So good job, Notre Dame. I think they did. They kind of proved that they did deserve to be in that fourth seed. I don't think A&M put up a better fight than, than Notre Dame did. It, it just seems like the only team that's going to have a chance here is, is Ohio state and Clemson, I think would have too, but, uh, when we get to that game, we'll, we'll discuss more about that. But about Devontae Smith, man, he is he is on a different level of being able to get open, his catching ability, and just his open field. Like when he's when there's not a defender within like a yard of him, you're like, uh oh, he's he's going to the house. You know, he it's it's almost it looks like it's impossible to tackle that guy. Yeah, that dude is uh, that dude is real good at football. So that's uh, I mean, he yeah. I don't I don't really know what to say other than he's really good and he's going to make some NFL team very, very happy. Uh, I just think for Alabama, to me, this game was less about how bad Notre Dame is. And it just, it just speaks to I know there's been a lot of criticism of Notre Dame and people were upset that they got in. And even the press conference afterwards. Right. You had Brian Kelly getting kind of real defensive because he's he's having to defend you know, basically getting waxed by these these guys. To me, it's less about Notre Dame and it's just more about Alabama. Alabama and to a lesser extent, probably Clemson and Ohio State and maybe Georgia 
not not so much this year are just on a different level and for Notre Dame I thought they I thought they played about as well as they could have it's just they don't have the horses man I mean they don't they're not playing with the same uh they've got a Madden you know a Madden rating 82 team and they're going to get up against the legends all 99s team so for them to win would take right I mean you like something crazy would have to happen yeah they'd have to play basically a perfect game you know and it's really hard to do against a team that's that good when to be able to put yourself in a, even a position to get within a score is very, very challenging. Cause like what we watched Bama just go directly down the field and score right away. And it seemed like they, it wasn't a challenge for them. Right. And you're like, Oh man, this is here we go again. It's Bama football and they're not going to let anyone stop them from getting to where they want to be this year. I, I do think, OU. Well, I, I would have liked to see it, but again, I think Notre Dame probably proved that they were the team that belonged there. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think I think it would have been interesting to see Oklahoma for sure. Oklahoma got they kind of got screwed by losing those two games early. They definitely improved, and and they were missing some key. I think they were missing their their running back and like a key defensive end those first couple games. So, um, but you know, I mean, that's the way that's sports, right? Like it's, there's always a large amount of luck involved and you can always do the, the what if scenarios, <clears throat> I guess just again for Alabama, what it so this weekend, I kind of went on a tangent and I was just looking up Alabama running backs, pretty much going back to the start of Nick Saban's tenure there. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, they've literally had so many NFL running backs that there was like three or four dudes that I forgot about. I was like, Oh yeah, he played like four years in the NFL. I mean, they've had, right. 10 like 10 straight running backs that have played in the NFL and if if you compare that to even a team like Notre Dame and and I don't mean this to be a slight to Notre Dame but just they don't have that same level of talent especially at the uh at the skill positions and and just the overall team speed or even Alabama receivers right they had what they had two guys go in the in the first round last year and then they had a third receiver drafted and then they're probably going to have two more in the top two, five yeah. or six so I mean, look at that. You've got a receiver room, a college, a college team receiver room with potentially four first round first rounders at one position. I mean, that's yeah, it, it's it's insane. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're as close as you can get to an NFL team, basically. Yeah, and you know, for all you guys gambling at home, you guys are welcome for that uh, for that lock on uh, Alabama to cover. Uh, yeah, welcome to gambling. Uh, if you guys listen to my locks and my picks long enough. Uh, you won't have any money left. So, you know, well, you, we'll get we'll get a couple of them right. I mean, it was it was one of those weekends that I, it, it we were very very close the whole time, and it seemed like it was going to go our way until the last possession or two, and pretty much every single one of our picks was incorrect. But the hey. uh, the the Bucks Falcons over. Hopefully, you guys really hammered that one. Yeah, and, exactly. You know. well, yeah, hopefully you put about seven units on that to recoup the college football losses, and then. Then you're in the in the positive. You're in the black. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to keep it moving and get into a little bit of a Clemson Ohio State because to me this was the more the more interesting game for sure. Yes, and Justin Fields. Uh, I know. I think I said last week that he hasn't played well in a big game. May I stand corrected once again? Uh, he was incredible. That hit he took, and I mean. First, first of all, I don't think Skalski should have been 
ejected for that. I know that was kind of a big controversy on, on the internet, people talking back and forth. It was illegal. You know, he's risking both of these guys here. I, I almost, it looked to me as if field spun like back into his helmet. Um, and he just happened to be there. I mean, it's not like when it, when you're like coming, you're pushing forward and fields is coming at you. It's really hard to like direct your helmet in the exact spot where he actually hit him on purpose. And as hard of a hit as he, as he took, and it looked really bad. And I think if Justin Fields would have popped right back up, that wouldn't have been called a targeting. But then once Fields goes down and sits there for a couple minutes, then the refs kind of got together. And then they d- decided, yeah, you got to you gotta say he hit him with the crown and kicked him out of the game, which I, I feel like every single commentator is also on this take that you shouldn't kick him out of the game but that that's the rule so it, it was it definitely changed a little bit of the game because Skalski is kind of their heart and soul he reminds me of Boz back there yeah no definitely I mean that's that's always a tough one this is the to me this is a classic case of hindsight's 2020 right when you watch the replay 15 times and you watch it in slow motion it's really easy to be like oh, should have done this but I mean full speed both these guys are moving Quarterbacks trying to evade tack. I, I just think it's a, uh, it's tough. And I think a lot of times when there's unless there's a blatantly intent to injure or a blatantly dirty play, I think you got got to cut these defenders some slack. Just because again, we're watching it with multiple angles, multiple replays, and we can't even always just uh, agree on it. So for these guys doing it once at full speed, uh, you know, I think I think it's we, we get a little bit of the the armchair quarterback going on that one for sure. Yeah. And the cowboy collar makes it look like he's like almost like intending to do that. Cause whenever I see the yeah. cowboy collar, I'm like, Ooh, this guy is, this guy is going to be laying the wood with the top of his head, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he has blatant disregard for his cervical spine. Yeah. He's going to leave it all out there. Yeah. He's got this toilet seat wrapped around his helmet <laughs> and he is ready to slam somebody. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he's going to be a great NFL player too. Don't get me wrong. I love that Skalski guy. And uh, just bottom line is Justin Fields showed that he has some absolute cojones going out there. And whoever drafts him is going to be very satisfied with how tough, how athletic, and how good of a decision maker he is, too. That that was really emphasized in tonight's game. He, was, he wasn't scared to throw it down the field when he had a mismatch. And he also showed off his arm strength, just putting two 60-yard throws on the dime. And... They, they look impressive. Um, what do you think? Have you looked at the line yet for the championship game? No. Do you have it? Yeah. What, what What's your guess? Alabama favored by six and a half. Yeah, it was seven and a half as of yesterday. And okay. I don't know if it's moved yet. Let's see here. We've got. I think it I think it's probably gonna go to like eight, but the over under as of yesterday was seventy-five. Woo! Yeah. Seventy-five. They're saying this is just gonna be an absolute shootout. Man. Yeah, I, I don't uh we'll see. I mean that's that that's just a scary that's a scary over under. That's what I, I'm I mean, saying. I could I could see it going over for sure, but uh it's hard to I, say I think, they're gonna score that many points, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Well, I'll be, I'll be interested to see. What do you, what do you think? Do you, so early gut reaction, not to put you on the spot, but do you think, can Ohio state keep this close? Is this going to be, is this going to be a good game? Well, um, no, I think, I think (laughs) Bama, I think Bama wins by at least 10 or you'll see like the backdoor cover, just like Notre Dame did. Ohio state might be able to go down and score a late touchdown with, if they're down two scores or something, but I, I think Alabama is definitely going to win the game. It's just by a matter of how many. And I don't know how how healthy Fields is going to be. I mean, he he could barely like move, you know. And especially after a week, I you might be healing a little bit, but I'm sure these last few days he's been sitting around. He has not been in any kind of football activities. Yeah, no, it's definitely. You got to like Alabama here and for fields too. I mean, that was an amazing performance, but I'm not just completely ready to forget how he looked the two weeks prior when I was super underwhelmed with it. So yeah, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see against, uh, against an Alabama team that I think we all think is like uber talented, uh, how that looks. Um, one note too, I thought this was interesting. So over the past century, you guys know I'm big historical college football stats guy over here. Um, there's only one program that has won more games than Ohio state and Alabama. That's Michigan. And most of those are going to be front loaded to the front half of this, uh, past century. So I think four or five episodes ago, we got into this historical power thing and how I don't really think that it rotates that much in college football. Well, Ohio state and Alabama for the national title guys, pretty much the same thing we've been seeing for the past hundred years, only surprisingly, only the fifth time they're going to meet. So, yeah, that is kind of wild when you think about it, but yeah. Let's so also, last... I, I did want to mention one more thing, college football, before we get into the NFL weekend. Yeah. Texas football decides to fire Tom Herman after four seasons. They're going to be buying out his contract for $15 million and his assistants are owed $10 million. So a total of $25 <laughs> million buyout for Texas football. Uh, and they go and hire Sarkeesian. What are your initial thoughts and my question to you is why did they not just get Matthew McConaughey as their head coach and let him ride, just motivate them to championships? Well, let's cut right to the point here. They definitely made a mistake in not hiring Matthew McConaughey as their head coach. Uh, The fact that Texas athletic director and president haven't been able to reach a deal to bring him in. uh, Yeah. He's undefeated. I I don't know what you guys are doing, but I mean, the answer is obvious, but no, to. So, okay, a couple things. So Herman just finished his fourth year. He won a lot more games. Like, he was a lot more successful than Charlie Strong had been, for sure. Um, The big number, they had a lot of upset losses, right? So they lost, I saw a stat, they lost as a ranked team more times than any other program in the country over the past four seasons. And then, obviously, they weren't able to beat Oklahoma, um, which which obviously is is huge for for, uh, Texas. That being said, though, they've been they've been ranked, so they've been in the top twenty-five. They've been at least somewhat relevant on the, if not national level, then the, then definitely the conference level. Um, and you know, it was his fourth season, so I went back and I pulled up some some of the recruiting rankings as well. Uh, and for for Herman, so let me see here. So basically. In 2019, he had the third best recruiting class in the nation. In 2020, he had the eighth best. For 2021, so far, they're sitting at 19th. So, I mean, I look at that, and I think 
that the cupboard's pretty full and and that they're they're positioned well moving forward. Personally, I would have wanted to see I wanted to see uh with Herman there. He had a track record of success. I felt like he was the right the right hire. So I I feel like they were a little quick quick on the trigger there. Um I wanted to see one more year from him. I felt like they were doing some good things. And then the real question is when you're going to fire someone, who are you going to bring in? And then Sarkeesian I think he's about six games over 500 career as a head coach. Uh, 11, 46 and 35. Okay, so 46 and 35. So by Texas standards, I mean, that's going to get him fired if he does that. They're looking for, because Herman had a better record than that by far. So yep. they're looking Dude. to they're looking for a lot, a lot higher success than he's been. Obviously, he's done. So everyone's really on him for what he's done with Alabama, right? And over the past two years, Alabama's offense has morphed into this juggernaut leading to Saban even this year saying that, you know, good defense doesn't beat good offense anymore. And I don't doubt Sarkeesian's uh, expertise and influence there, but we just got, we just finished a whole segment where I said a college football team had four or five first round wide receivers on the same team. So, you know, Sark, I'm sure Sark's a good play caller and good at designing schemes, but it's really easy to do that when you have the best, when you know every single time you take the field, you're going to have the best player at each position and your backup's probably the best player at that position too. Yeah, and we didn't even touch on how good their line is. And they always, yes. they have a they have at least one first round lineman in the last five years. And they're all just incredible players. And if you're able to be able to just give your quarterback that much time and with the speed, it's a combination. I mean, how many... I feel like I could almost coach them to 400 yards a game. And all I know is the Madden playbook. You know, it's, I think yes. it, the formula is pretty simple as far as being able to get Alabama players in the end zone. You know, you're just, well, I just draw a play that lets them run a little bit and let my blockers block a little bit. And sure enough, he'll be open as long as you make a 30 yard throw or a 25 yard throw. So, Again, not. Not to not to dumb things down too much, but I think I think people just need to be. Sometimes I think who caught up in it that you can't just take a simplistic view. So look at it simply. Alabama has pretty much had they've never not had an NFL running back, if not two, on their roster. So you're a college football team with an NFL running back and a lot of time a first round caliber running back, and then you have at least one, oftentimes two or three first round caliber wide receiver talents. So. And then you just mentioned how good their offensive line is. I mean, wh what do you expect? Yeah. Let's remember Derrick Henry had to sit for a, a year and a half behind, uh, was it Ingram, right? Uh, I think he spent time behind Yeld. Was he behind Yeldon at some point as well? TJ Yeldon? I think it was the other way around. I think Yeldon sat behind uh, Henry. And Henry sat behind either Ingram. way, right? Like this is proving the point. Like I said earlier, I mean, there's literally 10 NFL running backs that have come through in 10 years. You can't even keep track of them. So it's <laughs> yeah. for, for Texas. We'll see. Uh, obviously they, they need to, they need to beat Oklahoma. They need to be relevant for big 12 titles. Uh, I, yeah. saw, I saw a really interesting stat since the formation of the big 12. I think they've only won the conference two or three times, which was actually su really surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they were quick on the trigger. We'll, we'll see how this, uh, we'll see how this plays out. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not just one more thing. It's not like we see Sarkeesian being the guy that's recruiting these guys to Alabama right now. It's kind of the other way around. Like Saban is getting them to his program and it's not because of Sarkeesian being there. And 
I, th- I think it's almost a, it's a hard sell if you're Sarkeesian and now you got to go get these top level guys like you've been having at Texas. I don't know if guys necessarily want to still, especially when Texas is, or especially when I'm sorry, Alabama is where that where they're at, and you've got programs like Ohio State who's in the final every year, even Oklahoma and Clemson. You, I think still you'd rather go there than Texas football, you know, no matter who's coaching there, no matter what's there, unless Nick Saban's there, then I'm probably going to another school. Brought to you by Shipping with Purpose. Shipping with Purpose gives you the ability to run your business from home. With SWP, you can streamline your shipping for all your small businesses from your computer. So if you've got a shipment or you need to send out a sample of a product for a customer or need to send over some documents uh, that need to be there by tomorrow, stat for them to sign, whatever you need, just contact SWP. You can fill in your package dimensions, weight, where it's going, how much insurance it needs, and when you need it thereby, and boom. Within just a couple minutes, you'll have a printable label that you can just slap right on top of the package, ready in minutes, and SWP will even create to schedule a pickup to your house. Or if that doesn't work for you, you need it off the desk, stat, you need to get on to the next thing. You don't want to worry about it anymore. You're not going to be home later. You can bring it to the nearest store that ships whatever you chose, whether that's UPS, FedEx, or post office. This makes running a business painless and easy. Also, if you have any artwork, memorabilia, or something that needs a custom box that fits perfectly, uh, for for me, I like to get custom boxes for my memorabilia just in case I ever need to move it or travel with it. I keep those custom double wall boxes that fit all my stuff perfectly so that nothing happens in transit to them. Protect the stuff that's important to you. Visit shippingwithpurpose.com. What else you can do with Shipping With Purpose? You can create a private business address that looks professional and it stops anyone from showing up at your house if they think that's where your business is done and ensures secure reception of all your packages that you might be getting. So any Amazon shipments, any UPS, any clothing orders, you can get those sent directly to Shipping With Purpose. And Shipping With Purpose lets you know as soon as they've arrived at the store, whether you want to come pick them up in person or have them forwarded over to wherever you're at. Bottom line, Shipping with Purpose is going to help you level up your business. Join the thousands of customers who are already doing so. Don't wait until it's too late and get your packages jacked right off your front door. I've been a victim of this, and it is not cool when you realize it has been delivered and it is not, in fact, at your door. So visit shippingwithpurpose.com, and in the Contact Us button at the bottom of the page, you can use the code RALLY25 for 25% off your order of anything that they're offering for you, whether that's mailbox services, shipping, postage, copying, scanning and emailing. They pretty much do it all. Shippingwithpurpose.com. Contact us at the bottom. Use code RALLY25. All right, let's go into the NFL. I want to start with that Bills game. The Bills are a wagon. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, they look really good right now. I really love what they're doing. Uh, they put up a 50-burger on a team that people have been saying is one of the top defenses in the league. Man, what do you got on the Bills, and can can they be stopped? I spent most of the day yesterday going to a couple of different garage by card tables. Uh, I was able to acquire about 15 of them, and I am ready to full-on 
blackout drunk, bomb off some cars into some card tables because I'm all in on the Bills Mafia. <laughs> yeah, they looked they looked so you guys be looking for that on the social greeny just yeah. bombing through some card tables bust uh, out the blue paint let's go absolutely they look great josh allen continues to take, take another step forward i think last week on the pod we talked about the dolphins like you said having a pretty stout defense they've been getting rave reviews from a lot of analysts and that and then the bills went out there and pretty much just said here we are and we're not really too worried about that so um I think you have to be you have to be bullish on the bear on the uh, Bills moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they they look really good, and that's a talented. They needed the quarterback position to take a step forward, right? That that roster has a lot of talent. They've done a really good job acquiring picks, acquiring talent, making key signings and trades over the past few years. And and now that Josh Allen is looking more and more like a Super Bowl quarterback, I'm a uh, personally I am fired up that we could hopefully see a Bills Chiefs uh, playoff game. Yeah, that would be that's that's what we're all hoping for. Let's uh let's know this is the first time their opponent, the Colts, have been underdogs all year going into this game. Isn't that crazy wow. to hear? That's wild. Yeah, the Colts have been favored in every single game this season so far, which doesn't doesn't sound right when you say it, but it kind of makes sense, I guess, when you look back at their calendar and their schedule. You know, they're they were like a point to a, a point and a half in a couple of them. But again, that's pretty wild how how that came down to it. But uh, so I, I yeah, I want to want you guys to look out for Josh Allen this week. This is that thing that we were talking about about a couple weeks ago where he needs to make a name for himself. And this is his perfect chance to do so. The Colts are again, they're a good team. We've we've talked about it on here multiple times. They don't necessarily have that high ceiling, that Super Bowl contender feel to them. But hey, you never know. I think the only way, the only path to victory for the Colts in this is to maybe force a couple turnovers early and get a, if they can open up a double digit lead and then try to just pound ground and pound attack. I know the Bills, yeah. I was reading earlier, the Bills are bottom third, I think, in uh, rush defense. So, I, I mean, that's the path. I don't, I don't see that happening though. I feel, I feel good about the bolt, the, uh, the Bills taking care of business here. Yeah, Josh Josh Allen's swagger is through the roof right now, and Absolutely. you can tell he's having some fun when he's playing. So let's get on to the Dolphins. Um, they, I mean, they got close this year. It's kind of funny how people were ranting and raving about tanking for Tua, and now, like after three weeks of Tua, they they want him out of there. <laughs> yeah, it's just like guys, you gotta you gotta calm down. Like he's he's gonna be okay. You just need to figure out how to move the ball down the field a little bit better with him. But he's he's not gonna he's not gonna stop you guys from making the playoffs every other year or anything. Like they, they're gonna be a playoff team for years to come. Um, that they, they to me with that third pick that they got from Houston, they seem like the perfect team to get either the Devonte Smith, the Jalen Waddle, or Jamar Chase to help to uh, kind of open the field up and spread out the defense a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You saw it this year with the Cardinals, how big a move getting uh, DeAndre Hopkins was for Kyler Murray in his development. So I think if they can, if they can get to a nice security blanket and someone that can uh, help him make plays and break, break big plays, I think that could be huge. I'm, I'm still in on two and moving forward. I like the dolphins have a good thing going. It looks like the Patriots could be down for the foreseeable future. So the windows open at least somewhat. Um, they just got to continue making smart moves and, and draft well. Yep. Yep. All right. Falcons, Tampa Bay Bucks, And 
I just need to say this every single time I place money on the Falcons, they do the exact opposite of what I think they're going to do. They're the hardest team to predict every single week. Um, like it seems like in their huddle, their motto is like, if this doesn't make sense, let's, let's try it out. You know, like they, every single time they do something, I'm just like, what, how, who, why? Like they, they started trying to use like Calvin Ridley in the backfield last week. And you're just like, I don't, I mean, he's pretty good as a receiver. I'm not sure why you start trying to like use him as a running back when he doesn't really fit that mold at all. Um, I just literally have no idea what to say about the Falcons. They're very, they have a bad taste in my mouth. That's for sure. I don't, I don't like the Falcons very much, but the last seven weeks they had good defense going into going into this week and Tampa Bay made them look silly all, all day long. Um, Brady and the boys looking really good. What do you see from Tom Brady? More of the same, right? I mean, he's over the past three, four weeks, he's got, I think he's passed for the most touchdowns, most yardage, and has, I think, the second highest QBR amongst NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, they haven't played uh, playoff caliber teams. So we'll see, but Brady looks good. There's a ton of weapons there. We'll see what happens with the, with the Mike Evans injury. Um, I don't know if they've released more details on that we'll probably find out later today but not to not to beat a dead horse here but i think i think brady if you're a bucks fan you have to be optimistic moving into the playoffs where i see the nfc as very as very wide open uh and even a lot of the top teams have serious question marks so uh yeah i like what they saw i, I like what i see from them and I'm, I'm still high on them moving forward as far as the falcons T. Willie, I have so much. You are a man of tremendous courage for continuing to bet on the Falcons because yeah. that is, that is, yeah, it's that's an adrenaline. You're an adrenaline seeker for sure. Risk I think taker. that's. I think that's probably what uh, what I secretly crave is just the adrenaline of yeah. seeing if I can pick correctly on the Falcons for one <laughs> one time. But I'm still chasing that thing, man. I'm still chasing the dragon. That would be a good uh, challenge for our listeners. Maybe, maybe we do a maybe we do a Atlanta Falcons. Bet betting pool next year where you just have to try to bet the Falcons and see you can see if or, you can make the or make I will right literally call. bet I will literally bet whatever people vote on me to bet for. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that actually will, is a really good idea. I will do it. <laughs> Cuz it's better than what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I like that. I'll bet for a tie if I have to. I don't whatever it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh yeah, Antonio Brown and Godwin flying around the field i love how they can spread it out and they're gonna look good they're playing the football team this weekend which that's probably all you can ask for is to get to play a sub 500 team going in the, in your first round of the playoffs you know the the only thing that i would say they don't want to ask for is that they're playing the number one defense just because they're a bad yeah. record they are five and one with alex smith and they're a good team when he's their quarterback uh let's act like the last like five minutes of last night's game didn't happen. Cause that, I don't know what was going on. It, it looked like both of those teams were trying to give it away. Um, but they, they are going to have a tough matchup because w- when we look at the formula to beat Tom Brady, it's been a good pass rush and someone who can clamp down on one of the top receivers and Washington football team has both of those things. Yeah. So, this, this is a sneaky hard matchup for, for Brady. I yep. mean, Number one defense, they were they were great against the uh, against the pass. Like you mentioned, they have a big, a great front four led by Chase, able to put pressure on Brady. And 
I, I mean, it's no secret, right? This isn't this isn't rocket science. If you can hit Brady a couple times, especially early in the game, he gets skittish back there, and he's he's uh, he's uncomfortable. So I'm I uh, this is one of my top games to watch for week uh, week one of the NFL playoffs. I think this. I'm very interested to see how this how this game is going to turn out, for sure. And yeah, well, I, I like to go back to what you said about Chase Young and Montez Sweat too. He has been very underrated in how good yep. he's been this year. I think the key what we what we just discussed is can they force turnovers if they get to him, and if they yeah. if they just put him down and sack him, then I still think you see Tampa Bay kind of like not cruising, but being able to win this game uh, handedly. But if they're able to create turnovers on Tom Brady, which we've seen it done before, if, if you can strip him and you can throw him off of his game, they have a chance to win this game, especially with Alex Smith. He's I love Alex Smith, man. He's he's probably my favorite player to watch this season. Yeah. I mean, if you uh if watching Alex Smith play doesn't doesn't do something special to your heart, you gotta question whether you're uh whether yeah. you're living and breathing for sure. You so have a pulse, yep. yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'll be interested to see if if uh, how much Arians adapts. I mean, you would think, given the pass rush, that this is going to have to be a heavy dose of quick hitters to Godwin, maybe Scotty Miller, AB, and then we'll see too with the uh, with the running game. I don't know. Is Ronald Jones is he is he back? Is he healthy? Is he supposed to play? Yeah, he he played last week, limited snaps, but okay. yeah, I mean, I, I still think they're they're passing assault is what they're going to be relying on. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a game to watch for sure. Yes, and let's just ding on the Vikings Lions game real quick. Detroit still played hard. You got to give them credit. I think that was everyone's saying that was Stafford's last game in Detroit. I uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if they moved on from him as well. That dude, he he shows some serious toughness. He is a tough, tough dude. Uh, I wanted to mention the referee crew. I don't know if it's the same crew as the Packers Titans game last week, but. <laughs> To me, that game was rigged, and I didn't have any I didn't have any skin in the game on it. But when I was watching that replay, I don't know what he's looking at. They looked at this touchdown for two minutes, and they still didn't overturn it. I mean, didn't give him a touchdown, and it was very, very clearly a touchdown. I, did you see that? Okay. Yeah, no, I saw that play. I mean, it was definitely some uh, some sketchy officiating. It, it seems like there's one game every week where some of the stuff that happens just makes you really uh really scratch your head and wonder. Uh, definitely opens the door for some some conspiracy theories in regards to that. Um, yeah, I mean, for for Stafford, I think it'd be it'd be cool just as a fan of his, and I really respect what he's done with his career. It'd be fun to see him go to. I mean, it'd be cool to see him switch with Kirk Cousins and see him on the Vikings and see if that what yeah. that did for that team, if that elevated their, their ceiling. Um, but I don't know if he, he does. I hope that he does get a chance to go play for a, uh, for a playoff team. I think San Fran would be a great, great fit for him, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. The thing with San Fran and the Rams is just these extensions they did for their quarterbacks are going to really. Yeah. They jumped if, the gun. Yeah. If they hadn't done those, they'd be in perfect position to, like like you said, acquire a Matt Stafford that which would be which would be huge. So we'll we'll see how creative the uh, the front offices can get with that stuff. Yeah, let's get some more of these irrelevant games out of the way. The Chargers uh, Chiefs game, Justin Herbert looked really good. I think they're almost like they're that team that if they can manage the game correctly, 
they can actually be a good team, but they need to find a, a new manager or a new coach as well, being able to help them manage their way into some wins. Cause they, they lost, I, I want to say it was six games, uh, one score this year. And a lot of those games, they had either like a late turnover or a bad play call or just something it, whatever happened, the ball did not bounce their way. And they're just a couple moves away from being a 10 win team. They have the roster to be a very, very good football team. And I like what they're going to be doing in the future. Unfortunately, they are in the division with like the best team in football and they look like they're going to be the best team for a little bit of time, but they, they still have chances to make the playoffs in the next, in the upcoming years with Herbert. They definitely found their guy at quarterback and he can sling it out there. He set the rookie record for touchdowns. I really like what he's doing out there. Look for them to be kind of a dark horse next year. Um, Chiefs obviously weren't playing anyone. They're just getting rested up for playoffs. Let's go into the Dallas versus Giants game. Woof. Woof. Uh, that was pretty much exactly what we were saying was going to happen this weekend. You know, like it was just the yep. tale of who could be worse and somehow win in this game. That. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. The The thought of the Giants playing a home game while as I was like watching it, like come down to the end when like Gallman fumbled and he like landed <laughs> on it with his butt. And I'm just like, you can't let these guys in like this is <laughs> this is crazy. Um, thank you. Thank you, Washington football team for taking care of business and which we'll 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 tap on that later. But that looked like a game where you're just like, what is going on? How are any of these teams even in? conversations for playoffs but um yeah what'd you think on that football on that fumble there did you did you think the Cowboys should have at least got another chance or did you think they made the right call I thought they made the right call I mean honestly anything that causes the Cowboys to suffer and not have opportunities I'm um we like it yeah we like it they lost this season not it wasn't that call this was their whole I mean you should never if you're the Cowboys and you're such a talented team and you have Andy Dalton, who's a starting quarterback for so like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be in a close game with the New York football giants if you guys are as good as you say you are. So uh I think it was a win for America. Uh yes, seeing the Cowboys lose. And hopefully we can not talk about them for a while now that we're moving into the playoffs and they will not be there. Um I have another topic that we, we need to touch on later, but I, I just want to tease this a little bit is the Washington football team going to be America's team? If like, I feel like they should name their team, something like the pride or like something, something super patriotic and make their logo like with a, like American flag or something and just totally steal the America's team mantle from the Cowboys. I think this is a perfect chance for them to do that. Yeah. I'm in favor of that for sure. Yeah. That was, that was definitely the most fitting way to end the season for the NFC East. That was just wild, but let's get on to the Cardinals Rams game. Kyler goes down first, first drive of the game, like three plays in uh, gets, gets kind of rolled up on it, it. It looked, I mean, he walked off the field, but it didn't look like he was, you know, you could tell he couldn't, he couldn't move it very well at all. And they bring in Strevler, the backup from the Canadian football league. He actually looked okay until he just lobbed up the easiest interception of all time when they were driving right before half, they were on about the 30 yard line and he just lobs it straight. I think like three of the defenders could have picked that ball off. 
if they wanted to. There was that was a 10 point swing minimum. So if the Cardinals were just going to like run the clock down because there was 30 seconds left in the half when this play started and it was oh, I want to say 7-3 or 7-5. Seven, seven, I'm sorry because they had the safety 7-5 and he just lobs it straight to him. Easiest pick six of the season brings it to the house. That was a 10-point swing if they were going to be kicking the field goal. The the Cardinals have no one to blame but themselves, and I got to kind of get on my little soapbox here. Cliff Kingsbury has to go. He's a very bad coach. They had a chance coming down to the stretch here. They were down by 11, third and 18, and I feel like this is going to be like the play that's stuck in my head when I think of the 2020 season for me as a Cardinals fan. Third and 18 – they they were actually driving before this set of this set of downs here. And so they get the third and 18. They couldn't figure out what play to run. So they call a timeout, which was their second one that they blew. They blew a timeout earlier on defense, which made also again made no sense. And then after the timeout, they run a quarterback op, like a read option, like a pitch ops, like a like the Nebraska college option, basically lost three yards like so when you when you look back at that play third and 18 you need nearly 20 yards and you're going to run a play that gets negative three and you're you're down less than with with less than five minutes and two scores and then they just go ahead and punt it when they're right around like the 40 yard line I, I, I was just baffled I was just like they did not want it and if if you guys if the Cardinals can't get motivated for the last like five game stretch of the season to go out there and just will their way to at least one more victory. They do not deserve to get in. And I I hate to say it, but the Cardinals should burn it all down. Get rid of Kingsbury, get rid of Steve Kime. If you can't beat two backup quarterbacks with your season on the line and score 19 points in those two games, you've got to, you've got to get rid of everyone in the front office, the coaches, everyone. Um, I want to see them bring some kind of discipline and someone who can bring some fire and get someone motivated and also know how to run the clock and not just burn timeouts on useless stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Cardinals to me are where the Rams were a few years ago. You've got Kyler Murray. He's going to be up for an extension sooner rather than later. So once he gets paid, once he gets paid heavily, I mean that we've seen in recent years that really hurts your cap and it's hard to, surround them with talent if you can win while he's on the rookie deal that's that's the formula so mm-hmm. i think the cardinals are kind of thinking that this is the start of things and i think they need to be they need to show a little desperation i mean next year's year three for kyler uh you got you got to do everything you can i think this offseason you need to go all in on building a roster that you think can win next year yeah and I, to, in my opinion their roster is not that bad and it, the the coaching is what I saw come down to. They were the most penalized team in the NFL and their clock management. If you, if you ever, if you ever want to frustrate yourself to no end, go back and watch these last like seven games and watch how bad of running the clock they were. And uh, they, they have the formula on offense, you know, like you've got your number one receiver, you've got your quarterback, he can run. You don't need some kind of, offensive guru or someone who's like who claims to be a like a juggernaut offensive coach you just need a guy that can get them motivated and run plays that let king like that let kyler be kyler and let deandre be deandre and 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like the, the formula shouldn't be as complicated as they're trying to make it with Kingsbury. And I, I mean, maybe Kingsbury can like be demoted to the OC, but I think in this whole situation, you just got to get rid of him and move on from him. It, it makes yeah, no he's, sense. To me. He's, he's not working. He's, he's in over his head and they got to, before it gets worse, for sure. Yeah, if you can't get it, if uh, you can't get up and beat backups, you don't deserve it. Maybe sneaky sleeper candidate. I haven't mentioned. I haven't heard him mentioned at all in regards to the Cardinals, but the uh, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, uh, Eric Bienemy. Bienemy. I don't know. Bienemy. I think. Yeah. Bienemy. Right. So like he's supposed to be supposedly interviewing Lions, Falcons, Jets. If that Cardinals, if they were to make a move, you got to think that that would be a super appealing. Yeah, that'd be appetizing, right? Yeah, I mean that would be that'd be an awesome fit. Having come, like worked with uh, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and now you come in a situation where you've got Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so we'll we'll see. I don't know what the contract situation is with Cliff, but this is not a moment for the uh, the Bidwell family to be cheap. I think you got to do what's best for the team, and regardless of how it hurts the uh, the purse, you gotta you gotta get Cliff out of there. He's in over his head. 100%. I like, I mean, he hasn't been thrown around in a long time, but Jeff Fisher, man, he knows how to like at least run the clock. And he, he's a guy Ooh. that he, he knows how to manage the game. And I like him. I, I mean, he, he does well with no talent. I can't imagine what he would do with weapons like Kyler and Deandre and Larry. And I think, I think you can, if you're Jeff Fisher, you got to try to throw your hat in the ring somehow. I mean, I'm doing it for you right now, Jeff. I I really hope he can actually get some kind of interview for it because that's who that's really who I want to see. But time to oh, give the Rams yeah. their credit to um, Wolford uh, looked good. He was sneaky fast. He surprised him really early with him being able to run. And he was a perfect example of just a game manager. And he probably earned himself a bit of a backup contract here. Someone's going to probably offer that guy some kind of money to to be their backup and he looked really good. Um, what'd you think about him? Yeah. I mean, I think given the circumstances pressed into short duty, he, he looked good. I mean, Rams are a dangerous team in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. I, uh, with their ability to create turnovers on defense too, I, I would not, uh, I would not be excited to face them. Yeah. They play the Seahawks next week. We'll see the Seahawks have not been playing their best football, but they still just show the ability to win some games. So we'll see how that game goes. That's going to come down to probably the last possession again. You know, the, the, we say that all the time, but the, these games are going to be tight this weekend, especially the divisional games of the Steelers Browns. Hopefully that game stays close, but the Rams Seahawks is going to be a tight match. No matter who's playing for who it's going to be a close, close game. And we're going to see, and the, the Seahawks don't necessarily have that 12th man advantage this year since it's empty. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go on uh, Texans Titans. My lock of the week. Gosh, they were up. I think they were up like nine or nine or ten with in the fourth quarter. So I, I was basically just counting that money to be to be one. And then the got to give credit to the Texans. They battled hard and they tied it up. And I love watching Derrick Henry. Man, him him getting two hundred yards to be Mister Two, the new Mister Two K is just awesome and i was hoping they would go to overtime just so they could try to like just pound him and let him get the record you know that would have been cool yeah derrick Hen- derrick henry's an absolute beast he's yep. he's a problem watch out for mr henry 
come playoff time, you do not want to get in front of this man. He's he's going to be – the Titans are must-watch football coming into the playoffs because you know exactly what their formula is, and they are not scared to do it. Like they, They're the perfect example of like, yeah, we're just going to run it right at you and try to stop this man. Yeah, if they get if they get a lead early, I mean, yeah, they're the most dangerous team with a lead for sure. Yep. Uh, Let's go Raiders Broncos. I was I I mean, that that Gruden almost uh, spun himself into another circle and got burned again by scoring too early and giving the giving the Broncos a chance. Um, I was praying that 68 yarder got close, but just kicked it basically like right into the line. Um, Again, that's an irrelevant game. Let's kind of move on from them. I don't know where either of those teams go from here. Uh, that's, yeah. Do you have anything on that game? Nope. Yeah, let's let's burn through this here. We got Colts, Jags. Colts looked good. Blew them out. They're on to the they're on to play the Bills this week. I, I think the Bills take that game. Well, we're, we're going to touch more on that next week. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Colts. And Packers Bears, the Bears have made it in. The Packers get the bye. They're going to be playing the Saints. They're about ten point dogs. That's honestly a game that they can stay in and keep close, especially if New Orleans is having uh, QB issues, which it seems like they do every couple quarters. But uh, shoot, they still keep winning. And I think Kamara is going to be available during this game, so he's going to be off the COVID list, barring anything else that happens in the next week or so. But um, what do you think about the Saints? Are, are they are they for real? I'm I'm super I feel like I've been saying this for a couple weeks, but I'm gonna be watching that game closely to see how Drew Brees looks and what the quarterback situation is. To me, it all depends on that. I think if Brees plays, if he's not playing like the Drew Brees we think of, uh, I think they still I think they still probably get it done week one in the playoffs and then are able to keep it close. I could I could even see them winning a second game potentially, but they're not. I don't see them winning that conference if if Drew Brees isn't going to be Drew Brees. So, um, championship roster, it's a championship team. They just need the quarterback, uh, yeah. and they need to get some good luck, right? I mean, they've been the Saints have had just a run of terrible luck in the playoffs. Bit. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I personally, I, I like that franchise. I like Champagne. I like Drew Brees. So I always enjoy rooting for them. But I'm very. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about them in the playoffs, definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, the Bears, they they looked okay. They were kind of hanging in that game for, for most of it. <laughs> that's really all I can say about them. I try not to be mean to the Bears. Well, how you were saying that is exactly how you talk about the Bears. It's like, the I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just be happy you're in, yeah. Bears fans. Just yeah. good job. You got in the playoffs. Um, hopefully you don't have to run into the Packers next week, but we'll see. Um, and also let's just shout out the NFL for getting this season completed within 17 weeks. They got 16 games done in 17 weeks. A lot of, they had to do some shuffling, some, some moving, some jiving, getting all these games done, but they did a great job. Uh, congrats to you commish for getting that done. I know we don't usually give, uh, Roger Goodell a lot of love, but I think in this situation, we do need to say, uh, say good job to him on, on getting this taken care of in in the amount of time that they said they would yeah i mean the reality of the situation is it was in the best interest of the players and the owners to play this season just from a financial standpoint yep. uh, 
there's been a lot made of not to get you know political or dive into COVID, but there's been a lot made of the players and are we putting them at risk? But for a lot of these guys, you got to remember too. I mean, if if they're not paying, if they're not playing, they're not getting paid. Same thing with the NBA. So, um, good good job on the NFL. And I, I I would like to run back. This would be funny if we splice together some of the video clips of all. If you remember at the beginning of the season, how many how many of those top and came on and said that there was zero percent chance that they would finish this season or that they'd be able to get it done. So all of them, yeah. So I'd I'd like to see some of those guys kind of take ownership of their. Uh, you know, we don't we don't get them all right, but they were definitely way wrong on those. Yeah, time for them to face music. We we just yeah. faced it le- this week on getting every single one of our picks wrong. But yeah, I'd like to hear them say that too because we were kind of on the other side saying they they were going to get it done. So congrats yep. to you, NFL. All right, final game of the week. No Monday Night Football. Uh, we had the Washington football team play the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that was just a perfect fit to the 2020 season, having these two battle it out. And if Philly won, then we we're going to let the Giants in at 6-10. and 10. And Washington, all they had to do was win this game. And it looked like about halfway through, once the Eagles took the lead, uh, Doug Peterson realized how much he hates the Giants and basically took out his starters and was just like, no, we're going to run Nate Sudfeld out there instead to try to uh, give us the comeback here. And for, for Peterson to get up there at the end of the, at the end game presser and say that they were actually trying to win the game. Like, dude, you made it very obvious that you were not trying to win that game. Like for me, I wish, I wish you would just go up there and say, yeah, we hate New York. We're not going to let them win our division at six and 10, you know, like going yeah. out there and running plays that, that those to me look like the plays that you're trying to run to get your defense ready for, to try to do like the tip drill and force fumbles, which the football team did a good job of doing to them. Cause like that chase young play and Montez sweat getting in there uh, and like the interceptions and stuff. But to actually say you were trying to win that game, like, dude, that come on, like, no one believes that. Just say what we're all, what we all know you're thinking, you know? The Eagles are quickly becoming, I think they're quickly climbing the charts to become the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. And, and they're up there with sports. I mean, this, if you, if you're headed into, I mean, maybe the Texans is a team that I wouldn't want to be more than them, but heading into this offseason, if you're the Eagles, I, I don't even know what, yeah, it seems like that team. I don't know too if if Doug Peterson has lost that team. If he's lost that locker room, you've got quarterback controversy. If your your backup's going to be getting paid, Max Max, I I don't know. That's just that's a mess there. And, and yeah, that, that game was a total reflection of of that franchise. Yeah, Wentz didn't even dress up, and then then he's saying he's going to be demanding a trade right after the season, like what is happening here? You know, like you can tell there's just no, no, uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? There's no continuity uh, in that franchise. Yeah. It's just like, they are not flowing together. And yeah, it's, it's another one of those programs. You gotta, you gotta just say, all right, we got to start over. We know we like hurts. We know we, we need some more weapons for him, but yeah, I, I mean, after watching Peterson tank that thing, I, if you're an Eagles fan, do you want to see Doug Peterson go back out there next year and like do the same thing over and over? It seems like he's just purposefully trying to alienate all of his quarterbacks at the same time. 
Yeah, he's he's done a bad job. That that's a mess. If you're Eagles front office, you've got your work cut off cut out for you this offseason. I don't know what you're going to be able to do, but um, yeah, there's no days off. They, if they you're need in the to Eagles make some front office. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. let's let's talk about the matchups real quick, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna tune out, and we're gonna give you guys another episode later on this week, talking a little bit more about NBA and the preview of the weekend of football. So we got Bears Saints. Uh, Saints nine and a half point favorites. We got Rams Seahawks. We've got um, Seahawks being, I want to say it was six point favorites. Let's see here. And, and then we've got the, doo, 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 doo. we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Washington football team. Again, I think that's probably the game to look out for. I, I think that's going to be a great game. And I'm excited to see what happens there, especially good defense versus good offense. Let's see what happens. And so let's go over to the AFC real quick. We've got Colts, Bills. Bills are six and a half point favorites as of right now. I like them by a touchdown, maybe not, but let's see here. It, the game's going to come down to to right around that six to eight point range, I think. So it should be good. Let's see. We have... The ten, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Cleveland Browns. This can't be good for the Browns, right? Like if you lose, if you almost just lose to their backups, like to Rudolph, and they they were not playing anybody and kept it really close. All they were was a two point conversion away from sending this team to OT. Cleveland, I I'm still going to be rooting for you guys, but best of luck this weekend. The Steelers open at three and a half point favorites, and. I think it'll probably move up to five or six by the by the time this game starts. And final matchup we've got is Tennessee Titans versus Baltimore Ravens. This will be another game to watch. I mean, Derrick Henry's must-watch football. These guys are going to be running it all over the field. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really high over-under, 54-and-a-half. That's going to be the highest-scoring game of the week, and it's just going to be ground and pound. So... I'm excited to see what happens there. What, what what do you got? What's your what's your match you're wanting to see the most? Yeah, I think in the NFC, probably uh, Washington versus Tampa is going to be my matchup of the week. And in the AFC, same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Titans versus Ravens. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be real interesting. I could see. I mean, honestly, we got a really good slate of games here. I don't think I think Saints Bears is not going to be too close. Outside of that. Um, I think you've got a chance for a lot of these other games to be pretty close, at least moving into late in the second half. So we'll see. We'll get we'll get into it later this week with uh, some deeper preview and breakdown of, of some of the uh, the playoff matchups and what to look for there, um, as well as some guaranteed uh, some guaranteed losing bets for you guys. Yep. So, but fade the boys at rally caps on, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I think that is all for today's show. We are going to be talking a little bit later next week or this week. Look for an episode to come out either Wednesday or Thursday. We'll be posting on our Instagram, Twitter, uh, let you know when exactly that's going to be. And we'll be uh, we might have an interview this coming week talking about the college football playoff. It'll be a quick one, but we've got a we've got a caller who wanted to discuss um, the the impact of not letting any of the what's it called? The outer five. Yeah. The, outer, the, the group of five. 
the group of five. I'm sorry. I, to me, they just seem like the outer five. But all we, we've got a guy who's saying the, the, the group of five belongs at the table. So we're going to talk with him about it and see what they think. All right. Thank you guys again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Should be good. Yes, yes. Thank you guys again. Rally Caps on. We hope you have a great week and hope you had a great weekend. And Rally Caps on. Let's go. Let's go.